and good morning, good evening, good afternoon. This is Troy McCubbin, podcast number, I don't even know, but it is Wank Guitar, or guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Wank Guitar Podcast. If you were looking for Guitar Wank Podcast, that's the other channel. I'm worried about the shit we have to do afterwards, but this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to edit this and just Doug this is for you yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doug, just, sorry Doug <laughs> just because Doug can't be here uh, we're just sending him all this crap alright I'm sitting here with the lovely the beautiful the handsome Bruce Foreman and the sexy delicious <laughs> Scott Anderson I, I make up words throughout the whole podcast because I'm Australian and I can do that so up your bum <laughs> I just came off a six-week tour, so and I'm playing trio. So yeah. imagine I'm having to listen to myself every night for six weeks. Right. Right. You talk about sucking. You know, it's like the first couple gigs, you're actually going, yeah, wow, I can really play great. And then by the second week or third week... You're so sick of everything that you play that you're literally trying to reinvent yourself every night mm-hmm. just so your fellow musicians won't puke. Right. You know? And of course, anytime you try to reinvent yourself, you're gonna stumble and fall, right? Because you're going into boundaries. You're on a tightrope and you're you're gonna fall down. You're 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 like putting everything you've got out there, and you know by trying this, you've got like a 50-50 chance of making it work or not. And 50% of the time it does, and 50% of the time it, it doesn't, doesn't right. right? But that's what being a musician, especially a jazz musician, or even a good rock musician, is really about. You know, it's so far away from what you would learn at a school, mm. right? But my job, which might be different from Bruce's job, is my job at MI is to try to show students how to get that somehow. Because right. I'm not a classroom teacher. I'm an open counselor. Yeah. So I actually deal with these guys on a, on an, on a one-on-one kind of level with other people around. You know, it's not like private lessons. It's like a private lesson with other people watching. And you try to say, well, look, dude, you know, like, it just seems like you're not trying. Like, you know, they you, you put your finger down on a note and it just is a note, but it has no grease on it whatsoever. And it's like, you got to learn how to do a vibrato. Yeah. Or you got to learn how to put some kind of feeling into that note. Because right now it's just a note and it doesn't mean anything in the way you're playing it. Yeah. And that's my job. Yeah. So I'm way more like in the trenches with these guys than just showing them like, okay, here's your D Dorian, you know, thing <laughs> and learn this. I'm down in the trenches. They, I let the teachers show them that, that the classroom teachers show them that shit. They got to come in my room. They got to play. Right. And then and I got to go, dude, you really are not playing music right now. You are just sort I, of like I going through the motions. I so of, well because... I was having such a hard time moving from Australia to Los Angeles. That was a big deal. And going to MI and I got robbed and all this bad shit happened. But being at MI, I just, I got so down on guitar playing because all I heard was people practice and flat five Lydian scales. And I was like, this isn't music anymore. You know, Mm. I was getting so frustrated with being at the school. And then when we had that lesson that day, I'll never forget it because I did feel like I actually played some jazz for the Mm -hmm. first time in my life you know and i'd studied and i'd got a lot of tools but i like you guys are saying i wasn't playing 
anything like jazz. I was just playing my tools. Mm-hmm. And then you forced, I definitely forced it Did out. Did I throw me. gasoline in a match? I was shit scared and I was. If I didn't set you on fire, you did good. Yeah, yeah. no, it was it was good. Well, and like the room, play, playing your tools, I, like to I think, is a definition of wanking. I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying. Yeah, I was. Uh, uh, I wank yeah. normally. Yeah, and I walked out of that room, and I remember another kid that was there. He was like, "Dude, that, you played amazing," and I was just like, "That's it," you know. And I actually, not long after that, I left MI. I wanted to quit guitar, and I did for six months. I just stopped playing music because. I was like, why am I doing this? It just becomes so mechanical and I lost you that. You know what the value is of having a private instructor as as opposed to being in a classroom? Mm. Because in a classroom, you are not inspired. You're just a pack rat learning learning information. Yeah. You know, you're just gathering information like a pack rat gathers food. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're <laughs> you're true. not it's not a very inspiring experience. No. It's just a sort of like, okay, I need to learn this, so I'm gonna learn it. But when you play with a private teacher, especially someone who you really love their playing, you're inspired by listening to them. And that's a whole learning on a whole other level. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I mean, I'm going to take some lessons from Bruce. There's no doubt about that. I've been asking him for years and he keeps blowing me off. (laughs) (laughs) You got to first learn your Dorian scale. (laughs) But I definitely want to learn some of the stuff that Bruce does because it's amazing to me and I need it in my playing. And I know that I need to, to, to. There's some stuff he does every time I hear him play. I, I, I go. I need to. I need to have some of that in my playing that I don't have. There's there's a big empty, gaping hole in my playing that I need to fill up with some of the stuff that Bruce has so effortlessly. Right. You know. And so I and play. Vice versa. Some I mean, it's but, but, both with um, both of us. But you know, it's just that that what I was saying basically is just that that inspiration, of teaching slash inspiration as opposed to just teaching mm. and that's where sometimes i feel like the the when we get all these players that don't play with much emotion and don't play with much heart they may have had teachers that didn't really inspire them that much or yeah. maybe they haven't listened to enough john coltrane yeah, well, yeah you know? i mean that leads to a bunch of things i mean i obviously i teach the way scott does i only do private lessons at my gig at usc and uh, i mean I'll be a part of the juries and recitals and stuff, but and and I basically I get pretty high level students. The students that come to us, it's it's a rare student that doesn't have all their scales and arpeggios pretty well, at least not mastered, but they know them right and they can do them. Yeah. Um, so I, I get to deal with you know. So for me, I get to deal a lot more with. I try to get inside their head and find out what they're really they're what they're where they want to go with all this music now that these tools exist you know what are we going to do with them and and i try to demand the the same integrity artistically that they're saying something with the music i wonder why they even do it as if it's like chess (laughs) no no i mean what i know why i want to tell them that yeah i ask no i really do dude why are you doing this no why why do you want to play jazz i mean I know why I wanted to play. It was it was you know very obvious. I heard something that really inspired me, and then the people that played it were so interesting as well. Right. It was such a it was a two thing. It was the sound of the music and the challenge of the music was so beautiful and brilliant and and creative. And then the people that played it were so eccentric and and brilliant yeah. that that like the, I mean there was no place else I could be. You know what I mean and. 
and I ask these, I want to ask these kids, and I would bet most of them are doing it because it's some like chess game. It's some really ridiculous math problem that's too hard for them to solve. These are super high end smart kids, you know, and they really they think they can figure this out. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, and I've got to kind of put the humanity back into it. And when they play with me. By, you know, like indirectly, they're playing with this with this experience I have. Yeah, yeah. And I feel that that's what they need to, I mean, this is what the next generation needs. That's when I played with, with those guys. I mean, when I played with Elvin, that means I got to play with Train in a way. Yeah. And I, when I played with guys that play, I played with guys that played with Bird. You know, I mean, when I played with them... You know what I mean? I, yeah. It's like I'm connected to this thing, and 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 that's a big part of the inspiration. But you know, if they don't even listen to it, but they're just interested in the scales and how hard it is, and doing difficult things that the other friends—it's like a competition. It's yeah. like part yeah. sports, part math. <laughs> you know, it's like that yeah. relates nothing to the jazz music that I love. Yeah. Does that make sense? I it totally makes total sense because I, I don't have students that are advanced as yours, but I have students who try to play blues. And, you know, blues is every bit as compl- complex and deep as jazz. Sure. It's not, the vocabulary is not as big from a technical aspect. Right. But heart and soul, you know, and just the complexities of the phrasing. And everything, and the tones, and what you do—you know how you, how you present it—it's every bit as deep as any music in the world. You know, I would go it, one step further on you here. I would say that blues, by its nature, is even demands more of that than jazz does. Because jazz, mm-hmm. you can get away with the complexity mm-hmm. and the technique, and you can hide some of the things that he's talking about, the nuance of shading of expression and phrasing and the soulfulness and the intent of what you're doing. It's very exposed in the blues, whereas jazz, it can be clouded by a bunch of difficult, crazy harmony or complex rhythmic structures. No, you're absolutely right. Blues is, is, it's fucking deep, man. I mean, and you listen to the guys who do it the best and you'd be surprised how many students come in and they their their goal is to be a, a blues player. They've never even heard Albert King. Mm. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like, you're a fucking idiot, dude. <laughs> Just go out and buy an Albert King record and start stealing licks from Albert King and come back in three years. Yeah. And, and, and other than I don't want to see your fucking face ever again. Yeah. Because you're... <laughs> Because no, you just you told take... me, because you just told me you want to be a blues player and you've never heard Albert King. Yeah. You should get your fucking ass beat for that. <laughs> well, you should, you should, that'll give him the blues too. And you should take you should take as money as car and his girlfriend while you're at it. That'll really give him the he'll blues. Be fine. Like I never I never could understand the one note thing with BB King, and then I saw mm. BB play. And I hit me. It hit me like yeah. a sledgehammer. It's just like so those guys just have ah. it in their soul. You know, they're yeah. just great players. And 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 the fact that kids want to learn how to play blues, but they haven't even paid homage to the masters at all by even listening to them, much less trying to cop stuff off the records. And I'd and I'd say to a student like, "Well, you know what transcription is?" And he'd go, "Well, I've heard of it. Isn't that where you like you play a solo and you write it down?" <laughs> like, what the. Fuck, you know, like, 
transcription was never about a pencil to me. You know what I mean? I've never used pencil and paper in my life. I can't even read. Right. You know, but it's about you listening don't read to music. S- hell no. no. No, I can write a chart faster than I can read it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I can read, I just can't sight read. Right. I'm a yeah. bad sight reader. You know, yep. give me a chart with half notes. I'll do I'll blow your mind, man. I'll fucking kill that shit. <laughs> We just wanted to remind you, you are listening to Guitar Wank Podcasts with Bruce Foreman and Scott Henderson. I'm Troy McCubbin. You can get past episodes on guitarwank.com, merch, information, and you can leave a comment. Guitarwank.com. saying is that these guys you know they come and they don't understand that that you've got to listen and learn little ideas you know like music is all words just like a language Mm. music is words and sentences and paragraphs just like anything else they haven't even learned one word from an experienced blues player not even one little with a little vibrato on it they can't even do that Mm. right Mm. so i'm like how in the hell do you expect to be a blues player if you haven't learned one iota of information from all the great blues players that have been on this earth before you how do you expect to just magically become a blues player yeah yeah. and they go oh (laughs) (laughs) no you know i mean they just think that somehow they're going to just get lucky you know in a vacuum i mean and with that kind of luck i would i would buy lotto tickets they're in a fucking vacuum man They're, they're living in a vacuum yeah and i mean a lot of it is I mean, it's gotten to the point where not only do we not highly regard the amount of work it takes to be good at something anymore, we try our best to hide the fact that it even exists. I mean, American Idol is a perfect example. I mean, you get these people up, and everybody wants to believe these people just kind of like came out the womb singing like that, and they just did it, and they're great, and they win, you know? And it's like... Not like I say. Not only do we not, as a country anymore or a society, honor the hard work that people do in those jobs, but now we've gotten to the point where we actually pretend it doesn't even exist. (laughs) They're unnatural. Yeah. (laughs) Do you ever see that Branford Marcellus interview about his students? No. It's really great. There's a. It's on YouTube. You should check it out. Right. It's you know he they ask him what do you think about the current. Uh, you know, group of students out there now. And he says, just right off the bat, he says, I think they're full of shit. (laughs) You know, I think all they want to do is be told that they're good, but they don't want to work for anything. Right. But what was really amazing is he told this great story about Wayne Shorter. 
because Wayne Shorter's a, a a big you know a, a a big influence on Branford, right? And he said that they were at a Wayne Shorter kind of clinic, and they were asking Wayne Shorter, "Well, how did how do you get good? How do you you know how did you do it?" And Wayne made this cryptic statement because he always talks in cryptic statements, and he said, "You've got to walk up the stairs and greet each guy." Okay, and Branford was, and then and his friends were like, "What the fuck does that mean, right?" So they finally got him to say, "Well, Wayne, what, can you just tell us what that means?" You know, and he he kept saying, "You've got to walk up the stairs and meet each guy, mm-hmm. right?" And I'm like, "Okay, Wayne, explain it in a way where you think we can understand." And Wayne said, "Look, here's take the A train or some kind of standard, right?" And he says, "Here's how Bird did it," and he starts playing all these Bird, you know lines you know here's how coltrane did it and he starts playing all these coltrane lines and he says here's how wayne does it and he starts playing the wayne shorter stylistic thing that he does right and they were blown away because they see wayne shorter is such a stylist that he couldn't have possibly listened to anybody else to learn what he learned but he did right he learned charlie parker he learned john coltrane and he learned how to develop his own style from listening you know what I mean? Like yeah. he walked up and he greeted those guys. That and learned proves their exactly shit. what I just you said. Yeah. That's a perfect proof of what I just said. Is here he is. Is that they even thought that they could even think that Wayne Shorter, at the level he's at, was playing the way he was playing because of some lack of understanding mm-hmm. rather than a deep understanding. Right, right, right. Or a lack of work instead of. A lot of a work. lot of work, and that's yeah, that right, shows where right. the disconnect was even right. there. Right, right, yeah, and and that's a societal pressure, <clears throat> you know, we're on right now, and and I feel sad because I'll be honest with you, it's not just music, it's life or happiness. It's not a destination; it's a journey. Yeah, yeah. Working on music is the fun part. Being good does not exist. Right. Because no matter how good you are, you want to be better. Yeah. And the and if you are not built as a person that works for the love of 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 discovery mm-hmm. and expression, and to be part of the community, then I don't even want. It's just it sounds dirty. I mean, I want to take a shower thinking about it. You know? <laughs> it's kind of. It's just to me, it's just stupidity. Yeah. You know, like, I meet a lot of guys who are just starting out. You know, they're just starting out and wanting to play guitar, because MI has become more, more like a trade school. You know, Uh in a lot of ways, we're marketing to the same people that DeVry is marketing to a nursing school or doctor school or truck driving school. Except for those people have jobs when they get it. Yeah, right. That's a bit different. (laughs) I'm sorry, I hate to bring up a little technicality there. You have a really good point there, though. But yeah, you know, they're 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 coming to school and they're going like, "Okay, I think I want to be a musician. Show me how." I don't know anything about the guitar. I just bought my Les Paul the other day from Guitar Center. Mm-hmm. Show me how to be, be a yeah. musician. This person has never heard Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. He's never heard Jeff Beck. He's never heard anybody. Basically, he may have heard maybe Stone Temple Pilots, maybe. Right. You know, but I haven't heard that. (laughs) That's what I used to get so pissed off at MI because I'd saved like six years in back in Australia, putting all this money under my bed to come to America to come to this prestigious school. And I got there, and there's all these Japanese and Swedish guys. Oh, yeah, the government paid me to come, and I thought I'd come Mm -hmm. here for a holiday and do some guitar. Yeah, I was like, fuck. I mean, this is my life and my career, and it's 
it's so blasé to them and it was just well uh, yeah because a lot of guys is that why you shaved your head that's i can't i think i got drunk oh, pretty okay. much there, there's is a lot of guys you got that, drunk yes. okay so it is why you shaved your head there's a lot of guys that come there because basically their parents did pay for it yeah and and they just wanted an excuse to come to Hollywood and hang out for a year. The the non-serious ones. But there are ones oh, the, that come yeah. there serious, you know, that they really do mm. want to learn. But they're coming at such a, a beginning level that sometimes it's it's hard, you know, when you when you talk about guys like me who've been playing for fifty years, it's hard for me to relate to a guy who just bought his guitar yesterday. Mm. Yeah. Right. But nevertheless, that's my job and I try to do it. You know, and and then my job becomes less of a teacher, is more of a, of a music appreciation guy. Right. Like I would just sit them down and play them some music and say, how how do you like this? You know, listen to this guitar player. Listen to that guitar player. Would you like to learn how to play like that, or maybe you'd like to learn how to play like that? Mm, and yeah. I watch their eyes get big, and they go. Holy shit. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That sounds pretty damn good. Playing some Tommy Emmanuel, right? Yeah. How'd you like to learn how to play guitar like that guy? <laughs> sure I would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's going to take a lot of work, <laughs> but eventually you may get there, you know, right. if you work hard enough. Yeah. Well, you, you, you will get somewhere. If you yeah, were, you that's the point. Way. No, I mean, yeah, that's we true. Don't, you know, I mean, we, don't, we right. don't have to be Wayne Shorter. We have to be right. ourselves. Yeah. And a, and a beautiful life of, of discovering sound and being honest with the world and playing with great musicians and being inspired and actually inspiring others. I mean, that beats the fuck out of the paper route. Yeah. 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 That's for sure. Damn right. I've worked paper routes, so I can tell you it's better. <laughs> <laughs> I've sold pins to banks on the phone, man. I can tell you, oh, playing wow. music's better than that. That's, yeah, that's how it's cool. You know the difference between a shithead and a brown noser? <laughs> but I'm dying to find out. Depth perception. <laughs> oh, oh, what a hell of a way to find out if you're not good at depth perception. <laughs> if you're looking for more shitty stories on guitarwank.com, uh, you can check out our past podcasts and uh, leave comments, buy merch. And basically tell us to go fuck ourselves, because that's the place you need to do it, on guitarwank.com.
couple of other things that we're going to do in the show for the listeners out there. We're going to do some gear reviews. Yeah, and we're going to list all the players as that soon we as hate. we get sponsors. As soon as, as, we, soon get as we get sponsors to have who send us their gear, yeah. and then we'll uh, the week after we'll have a store where that stuff will be online for sale. <laughs> yeah, I have That's a lot to We have to, to figure see. out a way to fund You know fund me, this I'm thing. a gear whore, so I, I have a lot to say about gear, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I know. I, you're, you're, I'll uh, probably be the evil one on that. <laughs> say, you know, I'm cheap and I prefer practicing to buying gear, but... <laughs> <laughs> now, what's, what's your joke? They told you when you moved to LA, you'd you start using pedals? Well, that's true. The guy, I'm, you know, I'm from San Francisco and all my friends said that when you moved to LA, man, you know, they, they bet within five years I would have big... I'd be using pedals. Yep. That was the bet they all had. And I've been here 10 years now and they're right... Um, Right away, I mean, the brake and the accelerator were getting a lot of use here in L.A., so, you know. <laughs> you know, it was really funny, man, when I, in the 80s when I was in MI, we were all into our big racks, oh, you know. God, Everybody Bradshaw had rack, the right? racks, you yeah. know. You had to be stereo. You had to have a million things going on. You had to have this amazing process sound. And me and Jeff Berlin were, were, were we, we had this thing where every Monday we played with Joe Pass, in wow. the in the room you yep. know we had a little trio and we'd play me and jeff berlin and joe pass and we'd play for a long long time it was a lot of fun you know yeah. and i learned a lot man just listening to him play he was a wonderful guy and well never forget the time he brought in a boss ce2 chorus pedal <laughs> joe did yeah yeah and he was so excited was he about joe diorio right not joe, joe pass. pass joe pass, joe pass. Oh, okay wow. and he was so excited about this ce2 chorus pedal and he was like dudes check out what i got check this pedal out man he plugged it in you'd hear the chorus and you go isn't that badass <laughs> we were just like yeah joe that's really something that's <laughs> some serious technology you got <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's really cool that's another thing i want to spend I, I think a whole segment on just asking you guys about people like that joe pass and all these great guys oh you yeah guys well, have time for that oh that's, yeah, yeah that's one of the wonderful things about being a musician and 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 being lucky enough to get the the opportunity to work with people that you really respect yeah, yeah even if it's guys that aren't famous like you know what they always say try to be the worst player in the band you know and when you and when and i've always been <laughs> i've had no problems there right. and when i when i play with some of these guys and guys that are not famous and guys that are famous is such a that's one of the best things about music you know to get to play in bands with people better than you yeah, yeah. you know it's just like that's the best experience there is in music to me it's like getting inspired from what you hear on from other places around the stage right <laughs> that's yeah. the best it's, part i agree yeah do you guys do you guys have a moment before we we finish up? Do you guys have do you guys have a, a player moment where you're just in such awe as just like oh my god I'm I'm playing with this guy, dude that stands out. Oh, lots of them. What's what's one of the earliest ones you remember? God, Dizzy Gillespie. Wow. Yeah, when I played with Dizzy early. How was, old were you then? I think I was uh, twenty two. 23 the first time 21 I imagine he would be just like just a huge energy on stage yeah he just... was because you know and Dizzy was an amazing guy I mean it, you know yeah he's just always I mean huge bigger than life you know and of course somebody he he was a great entertainer yeah. and he loved to fuck around on the stage I mean he was a lot of people like in the jazz world at that point really he didn't maybe have like 
the strongest band he had ever had at that time. And a lot of people kind of wanted him just to get... They didn't think he was serious about the playing, which, of course, he was. But he was also being kind of clownish on stage because he was having fun. Yeah, yeah. And he was singing and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. But when we got down to playing, man, that guy was just, you know, unbelievable. And here I am with one of my biggest idols, you know. And it was really quite an amazing, you know, scared shit the first time, at least. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. He's 22 and play with, Gil- uh, with Dizzy Gillespie. When I was 22, I was playing in top 40 bands, playing like "Hit Me with Your Best Shot." <laughs> it's almost the same. And now we know why you're so much more popular than it's me. The same, you know. Loud. We're so similar. You know. <laughs> do, you, do you have an early moment where it was just like, wow? I I, well, for me, my, one of my favorite musicians has always been Zawinul. So to get to work with him was really great. Yeah. You know, learned a lot, and he was a funny guy, fun to work with and just a genius you know just yeah. a genius improviser and composer so i've always looked up to him so to be able to work with someone you've looked up to for so many years it's like yeah that's amazing i consider myself highly lucky yeah because yeah. i don't really believe that my musical identity was very strong back then that's 20 years ago yeah and i wasn't playing at a very high level then um but but i I did something that other people couldn't do, you know, and I had a sound and I was one of those guys that there were only a handful of guys doing what I, I do. Right. So Joe wasn't like he, he wanted a rock jazz guitarist in his band. He didn't really have that many choices, Mm. you know? So I feel like I was lucky to get the gig just because of the certain skill set that I had. But dude, I mean, realizing that he went through the last 20 years listening to Wayne Shorter and now he has to listen to me. <laughs> That's a little bit... It's, it's, it's pretty embarrassing, actually, right. you know, when I think about it. But, but I won't beat myself up over it because it was 20 years ago. I feel like if I had the opportunity to be myself right now mm-hmm. and go back 20 years and play that gig i think i could have really added something to that music right but when i hear tapes of me playing with him back then i'm disappointed because i wasn't a, the most musical player back then i played too many notes and not enough of the good ones mm. you know whereas now i think i play a lot more melodic and leave more space and i think joe would like my playing now way better than he would like it 20 years ago. Right. But I don't think there's too many musicians that would like listen to a videotape of themselves from 20 years ago and like it. No, <laughs> no. I mean. you, you hit on one of my pet peeves. I, one, of my fav- one of my least favorite expressions, too many notes. I hate that. I hate people who... I hate that. I'm sorry. I got to call you out on it. Because, because you played just as many notes as you played and that's the right amount of notes and i hate these people oh, that sit God. there and judge music and say i played too many he played too many notes i plays too many notes it's a bunch of people that can't play at all saying that shit right. you know okay maybe you wouldn't play that many notes but we know you can't and you know <laughs> at that moment he thought he had to play that many notes and he did yeah. and he played just the right amount of notes right. for that moment yeah. now maybe going back in time he might play more he might play less you know that's a beautiful sort of little Monday morning quarterback kind of 
place to be. That's bullshit, man. I, I'm, I'm not going to call that out. You play as many notes as you need. Sometimes you play a lot of notes because you're looking for a good one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, maybe, sometimes maybe you play a lot. Sometimes you play I couldn't a lot of, find a good yeah, one. Yeah, that well, was the problem. Yeah, you know, but that's honest, yeah. man. That's a, that's a good reason to play a lot of notes. Sometimes you're playing a lot of notes because your sound sucks and you want to hide it from the world. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're playing a lot of notes because it feels good. Right. You know, I mean, all those are... It's, as far as I'm concerned, when you get back to musical integrity, great reasons to do it. Yeah. Well, I just remember for me, there was a there was a, a kind of thing that I always heard in Weatherport. There was a there was a kind of a lot of space in the music, you know, a lot of space and a lot of melodies going on from Wayne, you know. And as much as I tried to make that happen in my own playing, I just wasn't equipped to make it happen. Mm. Right now, I'm way more equipped to make that happen. No, that's know? a statement I can get behind. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but 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 you know that was yeah that was so, so that was the thing. And later, you know, what was fun was that about I don't know maybe 15 years after I left the band, I I sat in with Joe's band at Catalina's. Mm-hmm. He invited me up to stage. Yeah, and I played a really good solo that had a lot of space, and I played really melodic. And Joe sort of looked at me as if to say like. Okay, so you finally got it. <laughs> or, or maybe it was, you don't know with Joe, it could have been, what happened to you, Yeah, right, man? what happened? How come you can't play I, shit anymore? Why did I let him sit in? Oh, shit, man, stunk up the stage. No, oh, I think fuck. he really looked at me like he was smiling. He was looking like, yeah, man, you kind of, yeah, you sound a lot better than you used to. And it's like, okay, well, 15 years has gone by. That's a long time. <laughs> Damn. Well, a little bit of redemption anyway. Well, well, hey, look. What I do know of Joe, I didn't know him well, but what I do know of Joe is that guy had zero tolerance for bullshit. So no, That's uh, for sure. And if you weren't making it, you wouldn't have lasted more than a day on that. Yeah, that's, that's for so, sure. He was pretty hard on, yeah, on he musicians. He was very hard. I mean, there's a lot of guys who would be nice guys, and if they hired you for a tour, would wait till the end of the tour and fire you. And I wouldn't put Joe <laughs> no, in No, he's not in that category. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's old school, man. Yeah, yeah, if anybody so, was ever old school... I remember playing him that Buddy Rich tape one time oh, where he yeah. was he yeah. was just, you know, berating the band, those famous tapes, and he's just screaming at the band. And Joe had never heard that. Believe it or not, you know, somebody had been in the business that long and he'd never heard that tape. Right. And when he heard it, he went, now that's a fucking band leader. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's Guitar Wankopedia time, and I'm going to throw it to Bruce. Bruce, who you got this week for our Guitar Wankopedia entry? I would suggest Anthony Wilson. He's a really great player. Most people, if they do know him, probably know him from his work with Diana Krall. That's his main gig. He's not the sixth Beach Boy at all. No, he's not. Okay. And uh, But his father was Gerald Wilson, who was the world-famous arranger and composer and band leader. Okay. Uh, who wrote all the way back with Fletcher Henderson and for Count Basie and uh, truly an amazing man of himself. But Anthony is just a really gifted player, plays really beautifully. Again, a very versatile cat who can play a lot of different styles, uh, does everything from 
his straight ahead jazz, modern jazz, singer songwriter, really well versed, a great composer. Yeah, gets a beautiful sound. I just think the world of him. Where, where's he out of? Is he, he actually lives in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, okay. Yeah, Anthony Wilson. Anthony Wilson. All right, guys. I guess uh, that's it. Let's say goodbye, Scott. See you later. Wank on. And we'll see you guys next time.